When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the Sunday Showcase on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. Welcome back to another coast-to-coast classic radio recreation from Project Audion. Hello again, everybody. This is Larry Groby speaking. You know, most of the really great radio comedies, the ones that were on the air for years or even decades, had something in common. Great ensemble casts. You know, the public may have thought of those shows as the Fibber McGee show or the Jack Benny show, but really, their ongoing popularity came because of the supporting cast members who brought their own personalities to the show. Consider Jack Benny. You had his radio girlfriend and real-life wife, Mary Livingstone. There was Rochester, his valet, band leader, Phil Harris, singer, Dennis Day, and announcer, Don Wilson. And then there was a whole second set of regular characters voiced by people like Frank Nelson, Shelton Leonard, and Mel Blanc. Jack was at the center, of course, but much of the humor came from his reactions to the colorful cast of characters around him. So as you listen to a Jack Benny show, including this brand new episode written just for us by former Bob Hope writer Robert L. Mills, take time to appreciate the ensemble cast. And behind them, a whole other ensemble, writers and sound effects and production crew and staff. Because the star's name may have been on the marquee, but with Jack Benny and so many other classic audio comedies, there was far more to it than meets the eye. Lucky Strike Program, starring Jack Benny, with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, The Sportsman, and yours truly, Don Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, as you'll recall last week, Mr. Benny announced that he was giving Rochester his first vacation in 20 years. So here he is. Fresh from a week of rattling around in his Beverly Hills mansion, all by his lonesome, Jack Benny. Thank you, thank you. Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking. And Don, would you please not refer to my life at home as rattling around? Okay, what would you prefer that I call it? Well, in view of the fact that for the first time in 20 years, I'm living without a valet... Maybe camping out would be more accurate. (laughs) I'm sorry, Jack. I didn't realize you were so dependent on Rochester. You really compare your life without him to camping out? 
Well, let me put it this way. I'm so lost in the kitchen. If I want dinner, I have to roast hot dogs on a stick in the fireplace. Hot dogs? Somehow I can't picture you eating a hot dog for dinner. Neither could I. So I called Chasen's and they sent over a T-bone steak. <laughs> Medium rare. Really, Jack, I never dreamed you'd miss Rochester that much. Well, isn't it obvious that I dressed myself? Well, I noticed it right away. Your socks don't match. Uh, hello, Mary. <laughs> Can I help it if I'm colorblind? <laughs> That's not all you are, brother. Is it true you didn't give Rochester a paid vacation for 20 years? Paid? Don't tell me you're not going to pay him. Well, you see, Mary, Rochester's favorite hobby is, is gambling and... Uh, What's that got to do with not paying him? Whenever Rochester gambles, he prefers getting rewarded with his own winnings. And you don't want to ruin his crap games. Well, hello, Phil. You should know all about that. Actually, I have very little familiarity with them cubes, Jackson. In fact, the only snake eyes I've ever seen were on that rattler in my sleeping bag at Boy Scout camp. <laughs> oh, hello, Liv. Hello, Phil. I was just telling Jack how thoughtless it is to not pay Rochester just because he likes to gamble. Rochester gambles? Oh. <laughs> Hello, Dennis. <laughs> when did you come in? When Rochester was about to buy Baby a new pair of shoes. <laughs> I can't believe it. All these years, I never knew Rochester rattled the ivories. Let me put it this way. Rochester spends more time on his knees than Ingrid Bergman in the Bells of St. Mary's. <laughs> My mother attends mass every morning at St. Mary's. Dennis, what does that have to do with Ingrid Bergman? Well, my mother heard last week's show, and she thinks Ingrid Bergman gets more time off than I do. I've always given you plenty of time off, even if you don't count the war. I'm with Dennis. Alice says your vacation's stingy. Stingy? I gave you and the boys so much time off, half of them have forgotten how to read music. Yeah, they're working on that. The AA has a 12-note program. Why would Alice want you to have more time off anyway? Uh, so I could help her carry the money she makes on all them movies to the bank. Don, I suppose you'd like a little more time off, too. Well, no, but my wife... Don, just one of your chins takes more vacations than Harry Von Zell. Enough about Rochester, who I'm sure is enjoying his. I'm excited about next week's guests. Me too. Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy are my favorites. They're truly remarkable. It's hard to believe one of them is made of wood. Really? Which one? <laughs> the one who doesn't move his lips. What a silly kid. <laughs> now, since you're all here, I'd like to rehearse the sketch we're doing. Phil, you're playing the ship's alcoholic doctor in Mutiny on the Bounty. I'm going to see? Uh, you are aware, of course, of my history of mal de mer. Mal de mer? Seasickness. But in Phil's case, it's a hangover on a cruise ship. <laughs> He'll be fine as the doctor. Uh, sorry, Jackson, but that role is out of my wheelhouse. Out of your wheelhouse? Well, it's obvious that I'm not qualified to play an alcoholic doctor. Why? 
because I don't know anything about being a doctor. Well, I'm playing Captain Bly, and I don't know anything about being a cruel, heartless sea captain. <laughs> oh, no, just ask Rochester. Right. And you, sir, have as many chins as Charles Lofton. I thought I gave Don that chin joke. You, you have nothing to complain about. You're playing the beautiful Tahitian princess, Mayamiti. Oh, goody. After entertaining the Bounty's crew, I'll be able to replace Mary Martin in South Pacific. And, Don, you'll be Tahiti's king, Tahiti Hiti. A king? Will I have a throne? A throne? Of course. Made of coconuts, but still. Oh, can I play Fletcher Christian, please? My great-grandfather, Seamus, was first mate on a sailing vessel. Look, lively mateys, batten down the mizzenmast. The deep poop, the poop deck, and shiver my timbers. Very impressive, Dennis, but I've already promised that role to Charlie McCarthy. Charlie McCarthy? Charlie McCarthy? McCarthy. You're going to replace Clark Gable with a four-foot-tall dummy? Okay, okay, so Charlie McCarthy's no Clark Gable. I have a confession to make. I haven't really been alone all week. See, after I announced on the show that Rochester was taking a vacation. As soon as I got home... Jack Benny's residence, star of stage, screen, radio, and the horn blows at midnight. Oh, hello, Jack. This is Edgar Bergen. <laughs> oh, Edgar! How nice to hear from you. I, <laughs> I haven't talked to you since our poker game at Hillcrest. Don't tell me. Uh, don't um, tell you what? My check uh, uh, bounced. <laughs> oh, nothing like that, Jack. I, I heard Rochester was on vacation. And since we're guesting on your show next week anyway, I thought you might need Charlie to fill in for him. Fill in for Rochester? <laughs> Charlie? No, well, why not? He often irons my shirts and drives for me. He's fully valet qualified. But can he roast hot dogs in the fireplace? Hot dogs in the fireplace? Oh, oh ne never mind. It was one of the projects on my Eagle Scout exam. Oh, well, <laughs> believe me, Charlie would love to help you, Jack. He's been dying to play Fletcher Christian in the sketch. Fletcher Christian? Well, actually, I was thinking of casting Dennis. But I suppose Charlie might... Well, he's uh, really getting into it. He's threatening to relieve me of my command. <laughs> well, I suppose I could use a little help around here at that. But uh, tell me, would I have to... Oh, uh, pay him? Have <laughs> of to... course not, Jack. Uh, no, we're old friends. Charlie and I wouldn't think of it. Oh, in that case... Could you... Tear up the check? You... <laughs> well... Yes. Consider it done. I'll have Charlie pack a few things and send him right over. Ten minutes later, Charlie rang my doorbell dressed in a sailor's cap and carrying an overnight bag. So you see, since he's doing me a favor helping me, I had to give him the part. Wait a minute. Doesn't Fletcher Christian end up with Princess Mayamiti? Yes, he does, but what difference does that make? 
The last time Charlie was on the show, he pinched me. You, you can wear a pinch-proof grass skirt. And Dennis, you can be Seaman John Parker, who accuses Bly of stealing some cheese. Sounds serious. What, what does the captain do? He flogs you. Oh, that's a relief. At least I don't have to walk the plank. Anyway, Charlie quickly unpacked and was so anxious to replace Rochester. Fifteen minutes later, we were running errands. Come away with me, Lucille, in my merry Oldsmobile. Down the road of life we'll fly, automobubbling you and I. Careful, Charlie. You're veering into oncoming traffic. Uh, Rochester's chauffeur's cap keeps slipping down over my eyes. Oops. Uh, what was that for? You just drove right through a stop sign. Is that what it was? I thought I saw someone waving a checkered flag. That was Mickey Rooney wearing a loud sports jacket. I think he was doing the Charleston. Are you sure it wasn't the bunny hop? Luckily, you missed it. Hey, uh, how are those pedals? I had my mechanic put blocks on them for you. Oh, the blocks are fine, but this brake pedal keeps falling off. Oh, don't worry. There are plenty of replacements in the trunk. This car has more spare parts than parts. Oh, look over there in front of the Brown Derby. It's W.C. Fields walking his St. Bernard. Oh, Bill! Uh, better look again. That St. Bernard is walking him. Oh, yes. Yes. He looks like he's searching for his golf ball. And the dog has Fields' lunch in a cask around his neck. <laughs> Smart dog. Hey, uh, the dry cleaners is on Pico. Better get ready to take a left. Aye, aye, Captain. Hard to starboard. Full ahead. That reminds me. It was sure nice of Edgar to let you fill in for Rochester. Oh, it's always been Bergie's motto. Find a need and let me fill it. Uh-oh. What's the matter? A motorcycle cop is waving us over. Don't worry, he probably just wants an autograph. No, no way. He'd never recognize me in Rochester's cap. No, actually, I meant. Good afternoon, officer. Have we broken any laws? No, I just wanted to make sure that cheap toupee didn't fly off and blind another driver. And Rochester has my toupee tape. Without waving my right against self-incrimination and speaking off the record, officer, I admit the possibility that I may have exceeded the posted speed limit by a teensy bit. You're also changing lanes more often than Xavier Cougat. See, Xavier Cougat is married to Abby Lane? I told them it wouldn't work. Uh, license and registration, please. Not that we're seeking any special favors, officer, but maybe you recognize us? I'm Jack Benny, and this is Charlie McCarthy. We both have a radio show. No, what a coincidence. I have my own show on the police radio under my stage name, Calling All Cars Muldoon. <laughs> I think I've heard it on the Black and White Network. And so far, he's got better writers. At the risk of inconveniencing you gentlemen, may I trouble you for a license and registration? 
Why, certainly, officer. This is my Maxwell, and here is the registration. Mm. Or oh, it's not every day we get to see one of these signed by Woodrow Wilson. He, he was head of the DMV before he ran for president. As I, I see it. It says here the previous owner of the vehicle was Rudolph Valentino. But Rudy traded it in for a camel. And don't think I didn't struggle to get that one past the sponsor. Uh, and here, sir, is my license as requested. Thank you. Hmm. You're Charles T. McCarthy? In the flesh. Uh, bark. And what does the T stand for? Twig. Hmm. You are aware that this is a license to drive a clown car? I took driver's ed while employed by Barnum and Bailey. It's all my fault, officer. See, the defendant here is just filling in for my regular valet who's taking his first vacation in 20 years. You have a valet? Yes, lots of stars do. Oh, and the star didn't give his valet a vacation for 20 years? Well, he, he never asked for one. <laughs> you know, I had to book you for human trafficking. <laughs> Let's see, so far Twiggy here is charged with reckless driving speeding, failure to stop at a stop sign, and driving with an invalid license. Who looks like he'll be taking a longer vacation than the valet, courtesy of the state. Unhand that innocent defendant at once, officer. <laughs> I'm sorry, and who might you be? You're speaking to Miss Effie Clinker, sir. I'm this gentleman's spinster aunt, and I can attest to his unwavering adherence to our traffic laws as well as his impeccable character. I, I appreciate your help, Aunt Effie, but uh, this officer is doing his job. Uh, you're interfering with the official police investigation. No, no, let her talk. I like this lady. She's got <laughs> spunk. I've been on the force for 12 years, and nobody has ever had the courage to speak to me like that. Oh, I, I just meant that... Quiet, Charlie, you, or you'll interrupt her spunk. In fact, I'm so touched by this lady's loyalty and devotion to her beloved nephew, I'm going to do something I've never done throughout my entire career in law enforcement. <laughs> Give up donuts, perhaps? Quiet, Charlie, he'll hear you. I'm going to tear up this citation. Oh, thank you. I assure you, officer, that's a decision you'll never regret. Well, not as long as your nephew gives up his life of crime and goes straight. Uh, now, let's uh, not get ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Charles! Yes, ma'am? Hey, just wait a minute here. Who is that hiding under the blanket in the back seat? Oh, uh, those are my cousins. Your cousins? Yes, meet round, firm, fully packed, and hermit. <laughs> Take it, boys. <laughs> what was that for? <laughs> I promised the sponsor I'd get his message in before the break. <laughs> Come on, Charlie. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my guests this week, Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy. 
Well, thank you, Jack. Charlie and I are happy to be back. It's, it's been a while. Yes, it has. Months. But who's counting? <laughs> I was just telling the audience about our vaudeville act and how much fun we had on the Keith Circuit. Oh, those were great days, Jack. And it's hard to believe it's been, t oh, 20 years since we broke up. You too had an act? A great act. We worked under the stage name Hilarious and Stradivarius. <laughs> Fun with a fiddle. Which one was hilarious? Oh, <laughs> we both were. Uh, Jack could get laughs just uh, threatening to play his violin. <laughs> then why did you break up? Well, it all happened out of the blue. We were just finishing two weeks in Altoona when I got a telegram that would change our lives forever. Great show tonight, Edgar. I think those new gags were great. Oh, and your violin never sounded better. What did you do to it? I tuned it. <laughs> uh, telegram for you, Mr. Bernie. Oh, thanks, Jimmy. Gee, uh, I wonder what this could be. Holy cow! Oh, what happened? Did our agent die? No, but I think the act just did. This is from a big ad agency in New York, and they want to sponsor a radio show starring me, playing Love in Bloom. <laughs> well, you have gotten a lot of laughs with it. I think they mean on purpose. It says, you'll just react to a cast of funny characters we've already hired. You won't have to actually be funny yourself. Uh, well, you shouldn't have any trouble with that. Your funniest punchline is, well... <laughs> oh, and, and look at this. It says I'll even have my own violin teacher, a boozy band leader, an Irish singer, a portly announcer, and a girlfriend who works at the May Company. Well, it sounds like the perfect opportunity for you. You should tell them you'll do it. But what about you? Oh, don't worry about me, Jack. You know, I thought you might get hired as a violinist, so I've been practicing ventriloquism. Ventriloquism? Actually, I'm getting pretty good at it. I've already ordered my new partner from the woodcarver. <laughs> woodcarver? This is the first time I've been replaced by... Oh, uh, yes, well, look at it this way, Jack. I'll just be replacing you with a different version of me. <laughs> And that was the end of Hilarious and Stradivarius. And the beginning of one of the most iconic radio shows in history. Boozy band leader. Portly announcer. Woodcarver. And now, with our distinguished, carefully assembled cast, Mr. Harris and the boys will set the scene as we present our version of the classic film, Mutiny on the Bounty. Play, Phil! The year was 1787, and I was in command of the three-masted schooner Bounty. 
we set sail from Southampton, England, with a crew of 46, bound for Tahiti to collect breadfruit plants for the British Navy. I'm Captain Blight, and my second command was Lieutenant Flusher Christian. Right from the start, the voyage promised to be the cruise from hell. Mr. Christian, what is our position? Uh, well, let's see. Uh, <clears throat> near as I can figure, uh, based on my calculations of sun and moon sightings, uh, yeah, but don't quote me on this, I'm not very good with a sextant, uh, you're somewhere between 76 degrees north by northwest and 37 degrees south by southeast. Could, could you put that in layman's terms? Aye, aye, Captain. We're lost. <laughs> lost? How could we be lost? Well, it's a giant ocean with nothing but water in every direction as far as you, the eye can see, and there are no road signs. It's really not that hard. And just what do you propose to do now? Switch to automatic pilot? <laughs> automatic pilot hasn't been invented yet. Details, details. <laughs> it turned out that Lieutenant Christian had been looking into the wrong end of his sextant. Once I turned it around for him, we headed south, and about 40 miles north of Tahiti, we encountered a violent storm. Mr. Christian, call General Quarters. Aye, aye, sir. <whistles> <laughs> Okay, listen up, men. Batten down the mizzenmast, secure the jolly righter, and prime the bilge pumps. Seal the watertight doors, and clean the crow's nest. Clean the crow's nest? Well, you ever met a crow to keep his nest tidy? <laughs> Dr. Phillips, what's the casualty count? Uh, let's see. So far, I've treated three broken arms, Two sprained ankles, a tennis elbow, and a bad case of insomnia. Insomnia? The storm kept him awake? Uh, no. He got a Dear John letter from his girlfriend. <laughs> well, if this is any help, whenever I can't sleep, I drink a glass of warm milk. Where's the ship's cook? Ahoy, they! You called Captain Blake? <laughs> Mr. Kitzel! What are you doing here? Well, I came aboard when the bounty docked at the Cook Islands. <laughs> Where else? I knew we should have stopped at the Virgin Islands. <laughs> I, I didn't expect to see you here. Why not? We Kitzels have a long and distinguished nautical history on the high seas. Really? Oh, yes. My great-grandfather, a Popeye Kitzel, was at the Battle of Trafalgar with Nelson. Admiral Nelson? No, as he. He was a trombone player. Well, I'm glad you ended up in the galley. Then I can guess what's on the menu tonight. <laughs> what else? The hot dog meets a pickle in the middle. With a mustard on top? <laughs> That's the way we liked him. Of course. And they're all red hot? How could I forget? Kosher hot dog, tasty bun. Pickle in the middle. That's the way they're done. <laughs> now, Captain, I better get back to the mess. And oi, such a mess.
as it had engulfed us. The typhoon moved on, and once again we had calm seas. But before getting underway, we had to repair the storm-tattered mainsail. I searched the deck for the sailmaker. Hey, bud. Me? Yeah. What's your name? William Blight. I'm Captain of the Bounty. How dare you address me like that? I ought to give you 20 lashes. Uh-uh. <laughs> no? Why not? Lashes fail to go to distance. Go with, uh, thumb screws. Why, why thumb screws? Better odds. Five to ten. <laughs> we'll decide that at your court. What's your name? Tout. Seaman Tout. Well, Seaman Tout, report to the brig. Uh-uh. <laughs> Why not? The storm washed it away. <laughs> then confine yourself to quarters. You got it, Skipper. See ya at the mutiny. Mutiny? Hmm. Wonder what he meant by that. The men have been acting strange. You there, are you Seaman Zapata, the sailmaker? See. Can you repair our mainsail? See. How, how will you do that? So. So? See. Can, can you fix the wooden boom it hangs on? See. How? Saw. Saw? E. You look like an Indian. See. What tribe? Sue. Sue? See. Do you have a brother? See. What's his name? Ralph. Freshly repaired. The bounty caught the southern tide, and in less than a week, we had crossed the equator into the warm waters of Polynesia. Our long voyage had reached its destination. We sailed into Bora Bora Harbor to a thunderous reception as Tahitian natives lined the shore, chanting their ancient welcome. The crew was ferried ashore in outrigger canoes, decorated with banana leaves and palm fronds. Grass-skirted native girls welcomed each crew member, showering them with gardenias, orchids, and jasmine. Some of the men responded in kind. Easy, girls, easy. There's enough of Philip to go around. <laughs> this welcome is as warm as a crawdad sunning himself on the Mississippi mud. Mississippi mud. It's a river almost as gorgeous as watching you try to pronounce it. <laughs> oh, Philip, you romantic dog, you. Oh, careful where you're swinging that grass skirt, honey. I have hay fever. Girls, girls, just line up like bowling pins and I'll mow you down. Now cut that out. Gentlemen, we're on an important mission for the British Admiralty. Engage in conduct unbecoming an officer 
and you'll face 40 lashes. I have news for you, Captain Blight. The crew has voted, and we prefer the lashes on these ladies over the ones at the end of your whip. He's right, Blight. We took a vote, and you'll be gone by tonight. Enough with the poetry already. Just wait till I call my lawyers. The way this sketch is going, I'd call my writers. As captain of the bounty, I was taken to meet their chief. King Heedy Heedy, who sat majestically on an ornate wicker throne, surrounded by six gorgeous handmaidens. I approached tentatively as he greeted me warmly. Tahiti King, welcome Bounty King. Don't I wish. (laughs) Your subjects are obviously devoted to you. My crew is threatening to mutiny. What is meaning of this mutiny? They'll take away my ship and cast me adrift in a lifeboat. Hmm, This serious bounty king has not heard of beheading? (laughs) Beheading? So far, I'm not having much luck with slashing and thumbscrews. (laughs) Monet! Monet! That's moan, moan. You're supposed to be suffering from the lashing I gave you yesterday. Can I help it if I prefer naked Tahitian girls? (laughs) See what I mean? King have perfect solution to problem. What is the solution the king speaks of? She is right here, my beautiful daughter, Princess Mayamiti. You called, father? Meet new husband. This is Captain Blight. I want you to marry him. Sorry, but princess cannot marry bounty captain. Why not? Yeah, why not? I'd kind of like to know that myself. (laughs) If princess become bounty captain's wife, princess will get no vacation for 20 years. (laughs) Boy, that jungle telegraph works faster than I thought. Besides, princess Mayamiti already married. Already married? Who to? Handsome crew members from Bounty. My crew? Which ones? Boys, hit it! (laughs) Saved again by the sponsor. Jack Benny program was created by Sam Perrin, Milt Josephsberg, George Balzer, John Tackaberry, Al Gordon, and Hal Goldman, and written by Robert L. Mills. It's produced and transcribed by Hilliard Marks and is heard by our armed forces overseas through the facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Network. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Thanks for watching this episode of Project Audion. And if you only heard this episode, then head to the projectaudion.com website so you can see it in action. All our past episodes are online as well. And you can be notified about future episodes by adding your name to our mailing list. So until next time, thanks for listening. Hey, Billy, why do you look so down? 
Aw, Dad, I got a computer, a PlayStation, and a barn full of iguanas, and I'm still bored. <sighs> Gee, Billy, when I was your age, I would read lots of stories in pulp magazines. Oh, with stories of weird adventure and fantasy, horror, satire, and lots of action. Wow, that sounds great, Dad. Yeah, I sure wish there was something like that right now. <laughs> there is, Daddy-O! Who are you? I'm Dr. Mary Von Rocksprocket, host of the Twisted Pulp Radio Hour. And now there's... Yeah? Twisted Pulp Magazine! <laughs> What's that, Doctor? Why, it is a return to greatness! Available on all your digital devices! That is what it is! Look! Whoa! Dad, this looks awesome! Exciting and, dare I say it, very unwholesome. You definitely have that right, my good man! Ha <laughs> ha! Thanks, Dr. Mary! My pleasure, Billy! And just between you and me, I am not sure that this man is really your father. Bye! Dad? Uh, just read your Twisted Pulp magazine, Billy. Twisted Pulp magazine! Available! In dark alleyways behind meth labs everywhere! Or at digitalvaudeville.com! That is D-I-G-I-T-A-L-V-A-U-D-E-V-I-L-L-E dot com! 